Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. This week, I want to discuss something a little off the normally beaten path. You know, we talk a lot about college here at Beyond the Tassel. I mean, it's kind of our thing. But we often use the term generically to describe that thing many high school students do after high school. In America, we say, I'm going to college in the fall. Or, she's going to college in Colorado. Now, interestingly, our cousins across the pond in Great Britain say, I'm going to university. Or, he's going to university. So, what's the difference, really, between college and university? Well, in the generic use of the term, we're saying the same thing. We're headed off for additional schooling at a four-year institution. But really, what's the difference, and why does it matter to you? Well, let's jump in and figure it out. In America, the first university was birthed in 1740. More than 100 years after the first college, Harvard was born. That school? The University of Pennsylvania, or Penn. So, why was one considered a college, Harvard, and the other a university, the University of Pennsylvania? Well, what you most often find is that a university is made up of several colleges, but there's more to it than that. A standalone college is almost always a school that focuses on a style and scope of education known as the liberal arts. Now, that's not true of every standalone college, but it is an important feature of many. I'll get into the rest in a moment, but first, Let's just talk briefly about what that means, liberal arts. So a liberal arts education is designed to incorporate not only a broad or a liberal range of subject matter, but often an expansive intellectual grounding in all kinds of humanistic inquiry. So by exploring issues, ideas, and methods across the humanities and the arts and the natural and the social sciences, students learn to read critically. They learn to write cogently and to think broadly. Now, these skills elevate conversations in the classroom and strengthen social and cultural analysis. Students in possession of a solid liberal arts-based education will cultivate the tools necessary to navigate the world's most complex issues. Now, the fact is, while many today deride the notion of a liberal arts degree, an education rooted in the liberal arts challenges students to consider not only how to solve problems, but also trains them to ask which problems to solve and why, preparing them for positions of leadership and a life of service to the nation and to all of humanity, really. So there's nothing about a liberal arts approach to learning that prevents courses of technical study, professional coursework, or any other more specific credentialed training. Now, due in part, I think to the deep political polarization roiling our nation right now, I think many may have the inclination to think that the inclusion of the word liberal is a nod to the politics of this educational format. But it isn't, most assuredly. The liberal arts were originally those disciplines deemed by the ancient Greeks to be essential preparation for effective participation in public life. They identified grammar and logic and rhetoric as the core liberal arts, with arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy playing a secondary role. Now, liberal arts is really just a tried-and-true method of broad-based education. So if you're attending a standalone college, liberal arts will be a major focus there in terms of the style of education. Now, university, on the other hand, is made up of a number of individual colleges. They may go by different names, but they're usually engaged in specialization of one kind or another. Think of it, the College of Engineering, the College of Business, the College of Agriculture, etc. And unlike the typical standalone college, a university also offers graduate programming as well, which almost always implies that professors will be engaged 
not only in teaching, but in research as well. Now, when I say graduate education, just so we're on the same page, what I'm really talking about here is the education that takes place after your initial four years of college or of schooling. So these are master's degrees, etc. Now, the implications here are numerous, but from the perspective of an undergraduate student, the most meaningful implication is that at a university, a professor's time is divided between teaching and doing research. Whereas at a standalone college, professors almost entirely focused on teaching their undergrad students. Now, many students are drawn to standalone colleges for this very reason. There is a tradition of this undergrad focus at some of the nation's most prestigious standalone colleges or liberal arts colleges, often referred to as LACs. Names you may have heard include Swarthmore, Amherst, Williams, and all of the nation's top military academies, including the Air Force Academy, the Naval Academy, and the United States Military Academy at West Point. These are all liberal arts colleges. Now, when considering a standalone college versus a university, first consider your particular interests and look into the departmental strength of your interests at the institutions under consideration. There is no right or wrong here. Both options have tremendous value, each of their own. I stress fit constantly in our podcast, and so I want to be very careful in what I'm about to say because no student should ever, ever choose a college or university strictly on the basis of perceived or actual prestige attached to college rankings, most commonly viewed through the lens of the U.S. News and World Report rankings. Now, with that out of the way, let me just say this. In the top 150 entries in this dubious listing, you will find an amazing range of institutional variety, but all with remarkable qualities well worthy of your consideration. My point? Well, my point is there is no implicit or explicit superiority between these two institutional formats, college versus university. Now, occasionally, you will see the word college switched out for university over time in some schools. Schools that began as a college will sometimes morph into a university, with the implication being that they have moved from the little league to the big league. But that simply is not so. Whether you're a college or a university has no bearing on the qualitative feature of your institution. Both colleges and universities offer outstanding opportunities for learning, exploration, and personal, as well as social and intellectual growth. Now, if I were to identify the single greatest difference between colleges and universities, it would be the tendency for more groundbreaking research to be done at universities by the professors who also instruct students there, whereas at standalone colleges, professors are almost entirely devoted to teaching their undergrads, as I've said earlier, and this can be a wonderful advantage. But then again, there is definitely something to be said for the value of having grad students and their research-minded professors on campus. This can yield a very lively, intellectually stimulating environment, rich in opportunity. So look for fit. Don't be disinclined to explore one format or the other and make the most out of the ample opportunities provided by both. It is a common and completely understandable view that the schools you've heard of are the same thing as the top schools. But if you think about it for a minute, you'll probably realize that if you've heard of a school at all, it's almost always a result of its football, basketball, or other athletic profile. Now, not to disparage athletic competition. I love college sports. But fewer than 3% of all college students actually participate as athletes in college athletics. 
while big games on campus and all the social stuff that goes with it can absolutely make the college experience enjoyable, a school's athletic power is just not a great indicator of a school's academic or institutional strength. There are more than 3,500 colleges and universities in the United States, many that you've probably never even heard of. Some of them have programmatic strengths you'd never imagine. Now, some of them are in your state, and some of them aren't more than a half a day's drive from where you sit right now. And I will promise you that there is a school out there that will fit you like a glove and where you can leverage its institutional fit to take you places that right now you can only dream of. Now, whether that's a big public university, a small private college, or something in between, go find it. I encourage you to explore the educational bounty available to you out there. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll tackle an important discussion regarding state public universities, their strengths, their differences, and a few things you may not have known about your state's flagship school. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel.